Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. So wonderful to hear the voice on the other end. Now with Newsday, Kim Jones. Hello, Kim. Welcome back. Well, hello, Steve. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How's the uh, new job going? It's going well. Um, I joined uh, probably a month before the season ended, so I hit the ground running, which is, for me, the best way to do it. So, uh, yeah, yep. everything's great. When you look at the uh, at the NFL season, and you mentioned you were there the final month. Yep. So, be, so being around the Giants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So you got a chance to see, obviously, the Eagles up close and personal on a, on a couple of occasions. One was against a makeshift Giants team. What, what mm-hmm. was your thought? Yeah, the two occasions that the that everyone played uh, were not pretty for the Giants. That's for sure. And as you noted, the, the Giants sat out uh, with most of their starters and key players, including Saquon, um, towards the end of the season. So, or at the end of the season. So we don't count that one. But the two that were competitive weren't all that competitive. So um, the playoff game in particular, I think, had to be disappointing for the Giants. But I think it showed what an organization like the Eagles has done, particularly in building its lines, the offensive and defensive line. They are absolutely dominant there. And while that isn't, you know, the sexiest thing to talk about when you talk about football and scoring points and everything else, it certainly does everything that Jalen Hurts needs them to do. It certainly does every single thing that um, the the secondary needs to do in terms of the Eagles' defense. They control the line of scrimmage much more often than not, Steve, and that was very apparent uh, not only against the Giants but against other teams as well, but particularly against the Giants that was glaring because the Giants aren't exactly in that kind of position. Right, and uh... Brian Daybold's son, Christian, is one of the young men yes. that signals in the plays here at Penn State. So, yep, so, and, and Dave and I have talked about his son multiple times, believe me, and he loves James Franklin, does Brian Daybold. He loves Penn State. He was there at one point. You probably know that part better than I in terms of the timing yeah. of it, but I know he was there. And yep. um, he is ecstatic that his son had that experience um, at Penn State and under James. So I, I think I jumped you there, but um, I think that's really important to note that, you know, Brian Dable, you know, had a whole lot to worry about this season, but family's very important to him, you know, as it should be, as it is for most of us, I think. And and he kept close watch on his son and was very impressed with everything he saw. In fact, uh, the um, Thanksgiving Day game was the Giants and the Cowboys. He was then, mm-hmm. Brian and his wife and the younger ones were here, for uh, Christian's game with Michigan State. So mm-hmm. I got a chance to talk to him then nice. when he was here. A terrific guy, but, I mean, let's face it. I'll, I'll tell you directly what I told him. You don't have a depth of, like, like what you consider big-time NFL talent, and you still are doing this. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, no, you know, it's, Kim. It's a yeah. fact. Yeah, he... Um... I'll tell you what he, what he did, Steve, and it's a long story that I'll make short for these purposes, of course. Um, he had to resurrect the Giants 
from what Joe Judge had wrought. Um, I, I have nothing personally against Joe Judge. Um, he was always nice to me for whatever that's worth. And believe me, if you're nice to beat writers, it does usually matter, uh, including, you know, on NFL uh, in NFL situations, they give you a little more of a benefit of the doubt. You, you know, you have them go up to your uh, suite on the road in preseason. Uh, you order a bunch of Bud Lights, and the guys, the beat writers, end up and columnists end up feeling good around you. Uh, so they like Joe Judge, and and I get that. I understand. I understand how all of this works. Joe Judge brought so much ruin to the New York Giants. No doubt. That Brian Dable almost by default was going to be successful, but that's not why he was successful, Steve. He was successful because he acted like an adult in the room, because mm-hmm. he he encouraged players uh, on the practice field. If you make a mistake, we're not going to have you run laps. We are going to have you uh, understand what the mistake is so you don't make it on game day. Those kinds of things to you and me probably seem pretty simplistic and pretty obvious. But in the NFL, you you know, you run into, you know, some folks who think they're going to reinvent the game and, and they're just not. And, and they're also not going to reinvent the way young men feel about themselves in terms of the, their work product, meaning NFL players, their work product, their pride, and the fact that they all want to win, Steve. Some of them, A, don't know how to, and some of them have coaches who don't know how to. Right. The Giants, yeah, and, in those yeah, regards, right. are now in great position. Right, exactly. Because it's ironic you bring that up. That is going to be, I haven't done the pregame show with Micah Shrewsbury yet for tonight's game, mm-hmm. but the first question I literally was going to ask him is, how important will it be for your team to execute simple tonight? Right. 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 That's, that's the first question I actually was will be asking him. And it's funny that you brought that up because I don't think everyone understands that as much as we try to complicate things, yep. you got to take care of simple first. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. There's no doubt about yep. that. And um, I'm sure we'll get to Saquon at some point. But That's next. Um, <laughs> the, the, New, the New York Giants also have a core. It's not the biggest core in the world, but a core of players who want to do right, who want to be part of completely fixing this situation. And I say that knowing, of course, they were a playoff team this year, but their playoff mm-hmm. stay lasted one game and then the second game, you, you know, was against the Eagles where they weren't not in the same class as we've discussed. So, um, yeah, I, I think that for, for, for this team and for where this team is headed, they have a core group of leaders. And I think, you, as you noted, we're going to talk about one who we both like and respect very much yeah. next. And his birthday is tomorrow, as a matter <laughs> of fact. Uh, and that is Saquon Barkley. Uh, the, contract, <laughs> the contract is now up. So yeah. and, and I know that that he's not into a groundbreaking contract for a running back. Mm-hmm. But what what are what do you think the circumstances are on his side, and what are the circumstances on the Giants' side? I think the expectation within the building, the Giants' building, is that not only Saquon but Daniel Jones, and I'll tell you why I'm bringing up Daniel with Saquon in a moment. Um, that that they will both be back in the building in those roles because they are deemed very important to hate to use the word because it's overused but the culture of these giants 
And you know Saquon well, Steve, so you certainly understand why he's important in that regard and why steam comes out my ears when I listen to Sports Talk Radio in New York with people, including some who played the game, who criticize Saquon, and they have no earthly idea of how much he does for a room and for a team. And that stuff drives me nuts, and I can't fight it because I'd spend too much time fighting it, and I'd lose my mind completely. But with Saquon, um, I do believe – first of all, Saquon has told me many times this season – that he views himself and Daniel Jones as a package deal. That's how much he respects the quarterback. So that's interesting to me. Uh, Daniel Jones is going to be back because the general manager told us that after the season ended. And one way or another, he'll be back, if if that's the case, because they can franchise him if somehow they can't come to a deal. Mm -hmm. Now, with Saquon, um, he was offered about $12, 12 $12.5 a year, a contract with that number at the – at the team's buy, and he and his camp turned it down. Mm-hmm. I believe Christian McCaffrey's in like the $18 million range. I don't think the Giants have that kind of a number for Saquon. I just don't think that they do. Could they, you know, move the number a little bit so it's more than what he turned down, you know, at the bye week? Yeah, they could mm-hmm. do that, and I think that's where this thing will end up in terms of Saquon staying with the Giants and staying with the Giants at a number that makes everyone comfortable. Well, you and I both know that the vast majority of stuff like this, where people talk and fill time, they don't spend any time around these people. I mean, really, they don't. True. They, you know, they, you know, they don't know. Yep. They don't really know what he's like. They've never seen mm-hmm. him practice before. They've never seen him pull a younger player aside to teach them what what they what to do and what they don't do. I mean, right. I've never seen it. I, mean, I saw Saquon do that with Miles Sanders, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Miles Sanders, he's yeah. pretty good. I mean, that's you and I both know that that a lot of this is done from 30,000 feet. So that's why you yeah. try not to fight it too much. Yeah, and in Game fairness, of- I do it with other players from that distance. You know, so in oh, fairness, oh, we you know, all do. Saquon just happens to be a, t- a player that you and I both know right. well. Right. And, you know, because we know him right. well, we have that kind of respect for him. Is it any coincidence that Josh Allen's numbers changed dramatically this year and Daniel Jones's numbers changed dramatically this year because of one move of one coach? Yeah, well, I think with Josh it was more the elbow. I think that he was playing through um, the elbow injury for, for so long because my guess from afar now, although I know Josh pretty well from my times in Buffalo, but candidly, I did not see him at all in person this season. Um, you know, I think with Josh, he, he knows the responsibility he holds to that organization and he was going to play as long as he possibly could play. And he played. I don't think that he was exactly at his best in those games down the stretch. Um, and I, I think the injury probably did play into that. So, you know, with Josh, you know, that's that's kind of where I am. With Daniel Jones, I, I think he absolutely found a comfort zone with Brian Dayball. I think um, Brian Dayball and, and Mike Kafka, who's up for, you know, now up for head coaching jobs already. He was on the right. Kansas City staff. He was on Dayball's staff. And now he's being interviewed as a head coaching candidate. Um you know, I think that they, they had a comfort zone for Daniel of, of what would make him be most effective. And the thing that they've done, obviously, 
um, most probably most importantly, and in my mind, um, probably second most impressively, is they've just cut down so much on the turnovers. The, the right. way he's impressed me me the most for whatever that, that means, and between you and me it might mean something. No one else cares what I'm impressed with with Daniel Jones, but I understand <laughs> that. But is Daniel Jones somehow, some way, improved his pocket presence? And I had talked about, and I had talked with a number of NFL coaches, executives, whatever, over the years about can you improve your pocket presence? And enough of them told me no that there. And I was already inclined that way that I believed it. Mm-hmm. I with Daniel Jones, somehow he has improved that this year, and that's because of the great quarterback coach uh, coaching he got and with a Dable impact as well. So Daniel Jones has come many, many strides. Saquon came into this league with a burst, right? He was rookie right. of the year. He was wow. He was this, he was that. He's a better player now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But he, he came in with a burst. Daniel came in with a question mark, and it wasn't until this year that he answered it. Well, I'll give everybody an example. Bill O'Brien, I thought, did wonders with Matt McGloin's pocket presence. Yes, right. that's a good so one. You, that's a good right. one. Sure. So yep. you you can do that, and mm-hmm. you and I have witnessed that before. That you can do that. Very quickly, when you've talked to people, especially within the giant organization, and they talk about Jalen Hurts, what do they tell you? Well, I think overall there is just great admiration for what this young man ha- has done. You know, yeah. he had to go to Oklahoma, right? Um, he had to leave Alabama because of Tua. He did that. He he got there, and Steve, I remember in real time at the Combine, so however many, couple of years ago, I talked to one of his Oklahoma teammates. It was a big nose tackle whose name, unfortunately, I, I forget at the moment, but it, it doesn't matter that much. But um, And I asked about Jalen Hurts, and he said, this is the Oklahoma kid who Hurts joined the team, of course. And he, I, I said, what is it about him? And he said, the one thing about Jalen that impressed me the most is he made the move to us, to Oklahoma, and never complained, never badmouthed Alabama, never did anything, but wanted to play his hardest, his best, and wanted to lead this team. And when you resonate like that in a locker room, yep. and, and you have the skill and the abilities that, that a guy like Jalen Hurts has, you're pretty tough to beat because guys respect you and they want you to succeed. And I know that sounds simplistic. Well, everyone wants their teammates to succeed. Yeah, but there are degrees of that, Steve, and you and I know that. So oh, yeah. I think with Jalen Hurts, I think it's been – this is not a short answer for which I apologize, but I think what oh. Jalen Hurts has done has been pretty remarkable. And, and listen, I picked the Eagles. They made us make a pick. I picked the Eagles. I hope I'm right. Uh, I'd love to see you know Jalen Hurts win a championship when so many people told him he couldn't do it. Well, you know what? He's a coach's son. It shows. You're right. Good point. Yep. Yeah. He's a coach's son. It shows. And number two, you and I both know the old saying, the humility to prepare, the confidence to pull it off. Well, preparation happens when nobody's watching. You can tell in the offseason he put in so much work, he made himself a more accurate thrower. Yep. Yep. And two offseasons ago, Steve, he visited every um, offensive teammate, either in Philly or in uh, Florida or in Texas, depending where people were. And he wanted to get to know them. 
And you can't tell me that didn't matter because I believe, you know, I, I firmly believe that stuff matters. Oh, I think that stuff matters, especially in the spot you're in as a quarterback, because you are automatically thrust into the leadership spot. And guess what? He's been in that spot his whole life. Yep. And people gravitate toward him at every level, whether it was Alabama, Oklahoma, Philadelphia Eagles. That tells you something when every single time you go someplace, people gravitate toward you. Yep. Agreed. Absolutely agree, Steve. Kim, it's always a pleasure. Just love just sitting here and just talking football with you anytime. I know. We could have done it for a few more minutes, but I appreciate the time so much. It's all, always awesome to talk to you, Steve. Same here. Thanks, Kim. It's, it, and they are so lucky to have you. I, I'll <laughs> shout that to the hills. Thanks so Thank much. You. Thanks, Steve. Okay, right. take care now.